I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. This is Frank Skinner, we're on Absolute Radio, I'm with Emily and I'm with Alan. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute, what's, what's this development? The cockerel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cockerel. I've got a sound effect. It, exactly, it's perfect, oh. that's, that, that's, that's radio. You've arrived, and also because we're in the morning, oh, yeah, co- yeah. you herald a new day. <laughs> I see myself as the farmer, and I feel you're on my fence. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know what my role is in this strange tragedy on the barnyard. Well, I, think, I, I imagine you could handle a churn if pushed. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I was. I spent the whole evening watching. Um, Andy Murray. Oh, I watched some of that. It, well, the whole nation, they, they, they stopped the BBC. BBC One cl- virtually closed down mm. for Andy Murray. And there's a bit, every now and again, um, Sue Barker would come in and explain that if you'd just tuned in right. for a certain programme, it wasn't happening. It's like 1983, Sue yeah. Barker. I'm yeah. glad she still gets the work, Frank. I love Sue Barker. Yeah. There's a bit where she said, uh, if you've tuned in expecting to see EastEnders... Maybe you should reevaluate your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night. You've tuned in especially. Oh, I mean, okay, if it's on, you can hear people saying, Sue, leave it. No, 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 I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, if it's on, fair enough, watch it. But to tune in specifically, and then to be crestfallen because we're watching a major sporting event. I mean, come on, you people. Sue, leave it. Will you get off my shoulder? <laughs> it went on like that for ages. <laughs> But I tell you what, I watched that game, and I'm no expert, but I watched that game, I was on my own, and uh, it, it gave me a little a bit of scope to concentrate and to, and to mm. do a bit of analysis. Mm-hmm. And I am not certain, but I would say I'm 99% sure now that Andy Murray's mom and his girlfriend do not get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. No, I was watching them in the box. Don't you love a shot of the box? I love that. I felt there was an iron curtain between um, old Ma Murray, as I believe <laughs> she's called on the circuit, and uh, the beautiful model. Kim um, Sears. What's she called? Kim Sears. Great hair. Is that what she's called? Yeah. Kim Sears. Yeah. Quite Middleton, I think, don't you? Oh, I, I, I know what you mean, but she's mm. sandy-haired. Okay. But there was a bit... You know that Maury, he's, he's one contribution, really, to um, uh, popular culture, is to do a little punch with his right hand and go, come on! Mm-hmm. That's all he ever... That's it. I mean, if I was going to do that, you know, G myself up a lot, I'd come up with some alternatives. So you could spin him around a bit, you know. Occasionally go, oh, yes! Or... <laughs> Ha-ha! <laughs> you know? Ha-ha! And then people, yeah, then people are thinking, oh, which one's it going to be this time? I see the fist going, but which one, you know, on the, on the wheel of remarks spinning in his head, where, where will it stop? <laughs> It'd be like a fabulous um, exclamation roulette. <laughs> but it's always come up. And there was a bit when they, they shot the, the mom, and the mom obviously feeling, you know, who wants to sit next to a model? In Especially the box, not anyway. in that pink blazer. Especially not one who's taken her son away from her. After all, she's given her entire life. She carried him for nine months. <laughs> and ever since, has always been a, putting him as a priority in her life. And now some strumpet turns up and takes him away from her, t- turning him against her behind her back. And, um, and the model does a little punch and goes, come on, like that. 
Oh. Maury style. And the mother looked absolute dark. That is <laughs> our thing! <laughs> That's our family thing! You come here and you do the little punch and say, come on, who the hell do you... Oh, it was a tense <laughs> moment. Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. So, look, what about Charlie Sheen? Oh, it's no big deal. Quit panicking. <laughs> ah, the, it's the best thing ever. The interview, I, I recommend any of you <laughs> to listen to the interview does with a bloke called Alex Jones. Not mm. Alex Jones. Not, Alex. not Ben Jones either. No, but no, no with Alex. Oh, Alex Jones. Yes. Alex I don't Jones, know. Charlie, Charlie Sheen on the one yeah. show. <laughs> he should that be, be on all the shows now. Yeah, I wish he'd come in here now. Can you imagine yeah. what the place would be like now? We'd wow. be huddled in one corner, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's I happened wouldn't. to him? If you imagine that Hollywood stars are a bit like the Daleks, you know, in the centre of every Dalek, there's a black oozing slime, which is what an actual <laughs> yes. Dalek is. And all, everything around it is actually the, the armoury. Yeah, in the Five the Doctors, you see um, a Dalek exploded and you see the thing inside. Oh, I've, I forgot that bit. Mm, yeah, good. Okay. Well, um, Charlie Sheen, if, if you imagine that every Hollywood star has a black, slimy unbearableness <laughs> inside them, Charlie mm. Sheen has decided to dispense with the outer <laughs> casing mm. and let it all out. <laughs> so when he speaks, I, I think Hollywood speaks. Yeah. Oh. And uh, it's really been spectacular. <laughs> There's a level of arrogance beyond arrogance. I think... Sorry, didn't make the rules. <laughs> Oops. If uh, maybe Derek Akora could, could, could arrange this, if Adolf Hitler could hear that interview, <laughs> I think Adolf... Adolf Hitler would say of Charlie Sheen, he's a bit full of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, some of the stuff he says. When he says, are you going to marry? And he says, I leave marriage to amateurs and the Bible grippers. And then he says, the Bible grippers. <laughs> Why does he repeat it? Because it's so good, he thinks I'll say that, I'll say that twice. And, yeah. oh, it's... My I like... Sorry, go Sorry, on. my favourite quote is that he talks about something that someone... Uh, he does that people don't understand and he goes yeah. oh wait can't process it losers winning <laughs> goodbye <laughs> and the whole thing is is about how everyone's life is about their yeah. ugly wives and their ugly children and they should sit More back and just children. watch the spectacular show that, yeah. well, I know there are ugly children but one doesn't refer to them well exactly he's not looking so hot himself now well According to the bloke who interviewed him, he's the most sycophantic interviewer. He was I've, unbelievable. I mean, wasn't I've, he? I've heard myself lapse into "I absolutely love your show" a few yeah. times, and I don't love myself for it. But this bloke, Charlie Sheen, I don't want to say anything illegal, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised to find that he was aided by various things. Well, yeah, he was completely wired it sounded like and this yeah. bloke said you know Charlie I've never seen you so energised <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful way of putting it no he's not on the stuff anymore he's um, no. he said he's, he's healed just himself energized. he's healed himself with his brain he's working out twice a day as well yeah what is he working out though well, where his dealers got to <laughs> I liked it when Alex Shanzel said, they say you don't have a hernia. You know what? I've seen your hernia. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that bit. No, I didn't. This like guy, his yeah, whole thing was, oh, well, I've been to your house. Yeah. Me and you were really good friends. Oh, yeah. it was... It's, it's, I say, it is Hollywood. If you want... Yeah. Don't watch the Oscars. Listen to this instead. In case you don't know, he's gone off. Uh, he's gone off on a holiday, hasn't he? With the crew, he calls. I want to say he's gone goddesses. off on holiday. What is the rest of his life? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go to be more relaxed and wild than y y than he is at home? I think you'll find he's gone off with two smoking hotties. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's <laughs> taken a, a porn star, as she's yeah. described. I hope that's not too dismissive no. of what she does for a living. Brie Olson. Brie Olson. Actress. 
Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I understand uh, porn stars never use their real names. They, you know. Oh. What? Well, she's, she's, who would call themselves Brie <laughs> no, in that line avoid of Avoid cheese. Yeah, <laughs> any, any cheese reference. Anything that's going to go off. Yeah, just don't even think about heat. it. And also, he's taken his nanny. <laughs> he's got two, I think he's got twins that are two years old. He's obviously heard of people taking their nanny on holiday and mm. thought that's quite a good idea. They include the children in that. <laughs> they don't take the nanny on holiday and, and leave the children. Not if they're Gareth's you know. parents, they don't. That's what are, they in a, are they in a skip? No, he calls them the goddesses, and um, he said that um, <laughs> what they have, they don't, they're not married. What they have is a marriage of the heart. Yeah, at no. uh, heart. He corrects himself because there's three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's him and two women on, on holiday. <laughs> well, it could work, I suppose. Anyway, I, I very much... Um, I, I very much recommend uh, you listen to the yeah. uh, chart. I've got an even better jingle than that. Listen to this. Oh, Mr Sheen. Oh, Mr Sheen. <laughs> yes, uh, that's what Alex Jones should have played throughout the... Every time he yeah. said he said something terrible, like, uh, don't make the rules, oops. <laughs> oh, Mr Sheen. <laughs> it would have been a better interview. Winner rhymes with winner. Yes. That'd be us. Is that what he said? Winner right. rhymes with winner. Yeah. Yeah. He says winning anyone rhymes with winning. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think he's losing it. Absolute Radio. With Frank Skinner. Frank, mm. we couldn't sleep. It was 4am and we opened a bottle of wine. Who said that this week? That's my little quiz couldn't to get you sleep. into my favourite news Hold story. It. We couldn't sleep. It was 4am. And we no. opened a bottle of wine. Who said that this week? 4am. Um, we couldn't sleep. It was 4am. Was it um, Was it the Gaddafi family? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Gaddafi <laughs> Open it, open it. Let's open a bottle of wine. <laughs> get him bombed. Oh, let's get bombed in every meeting. <laughs> get off my scarf. Yeah. Don't stand on my bronze scarf. Or are you crazy? <laughs> um, yes. Um, I, well, I, I'm, um, it was. It was the um, the Euro lottery people. Uh, the lotto no. winners. Colin, the we- Colin and Christine Weir. The Weirs. Yes. No relation to Peter, the uh, New Zealand uh, director. No, Peter, we, we don't know that. <laughs> it might be. Um, what a lovely couple they seem. Lovely though. couple, jolly. Very jolly. <laughs> they do seem I'm just jolly. saying they're jolly. I they know. seem jolly. I know you're right. Um, um, I picked up the paper when, when it <laughs> it said um, the, <laughs> the caption on the picture I saw said. Um, he said, Mr and Mrs Weir, um, and then in brackets, a massive rollover. <laughs> I thought, no need for that. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Euro, they've won 161 million, is it, the Weir? Yeah, 161 million. It's brilliant. I'll tell you what I love about it, is that they seem like, they're, they're not, often, I don't know what it is, but people who win big money appear in the papers tend to be terrible people. Mm-hmm. Do you remember all those horrible lottery winners that were like... <laughs> yeah. Lotto lout. Yeah. People like that. Mm. But they seem like a proper nice couple. Mm. I like the fact they said they were not afraid of this money. I like that. Yeah, they should be, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You said that when you pr- once, didn't you, when you pushed the button? Yeah, when I, when I pressed the button on, uh, the, on the National Lottery, I, I looked into camera <laughs> and said, don't blame me if it ruins your life. <laughs> I just wanted to wash my hands of the whole... It was like pilot. Pilot on the balcony. That's what it was like. Very and similar, actually. It was, yeah. And uh, and they were calling out, you know. Oh. Do Guinevere. <laughs> Barabbas! Release! There is no... There is no machine called Barabbas. 
That's that's the Israeli um, lottery show. Four. I had a bit of a falling out with them about it. Now this couple, though, I mean that thing. She said I had a glass of white wine when we heard. And well, they, yeah. she said I only normally have that at Christmas, mm. and that's what worries me is that life, <laughs> life could be Christmas for these two you know, forever. Already, she's yeah. Are, are you suggesting sense. it could all go at Central Reservation in Birmingham? Well, you, but you know, <laughs> that's a bad reference that's... to something from my private life. <laughs> um, I just think that Christmas is a time of. I mean, when you just don't, you think, yes, yeah. I'll have another one of those. Thank you very much. You know, I'll work it off in January. Yeah. And, of course, if January isn't coming, I, I worry for these two. Cause they're a nice couple, and I want to put this in the nicest possible way. They look like, they, you know, they, they, enjoy, they enjoy their food. <laughs> I, no, I think they do, they and do. I think right. I know I'm being I'm being nice about it. I'm just saying it's a temptation. I think giving someone 161 million quid, it's it's a big it's a big step. That's all I'm saying. It's mm. a lot of money. And yes, it does say in the paper they visit their fish and chip shop three times <laughs> a week. It says it in the paper. Is that what it's, it's three it's, times a week. See, that's going to go. Do to you know seven. though. They look like people. It's only finance keeping them back. From it did worry me they were having the wine and dawn was breaking. Took me back to the 90s. Is that, is that a name, yeah. dawn? <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank Skimmer. Frank Skimmer. Absolute radio. What else? Uh, well, there's been this. Have you been reading about um, Camilla had this? Uh, of course not. Oh, why not? She's one of my favourite royals. Oh, okay. She had lunch with Kate Middleton. That's a good question. Who's my favourite royal? Who is your favourite royal? I suppose it would be um, Princess Michael of Kent. Oh, you're a fan (laughs) of her work, are you? Yeah, I am. She's the Catholic. She's the rogue Catholic. (laughs) Anyway, what's Camilla? Yeah, so they had a sort of pre-bridal lunch. Who? um, Camilla and Kate Middleton. Do they wear bridles? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) What did they have? Do they have nose bags on? <laughs> did they have peanut butter sandwiches? Because maybe that's made it more look like they, yeah, were they weren't really talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for Mr. Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yes, hope so we're anyway. not doing jokes about the royal family being like horses. Right. Have we come to exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Prince Charles's big ears. Why don't we? The fact that he talks to plants. Let's sink that low into the comedy mire. He has got quite big ears. Do you yeah, have? You never <laughs> noticed that before. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the lunch? It, well, Prince Charles can hear about it. From here. <laughs> well, now I've done it, you see. So they had this lunch, her and Kate Middleton, and it was a, this pre-wedding kind of bonding lunch, apparently. Well, I love the sound of it, Frank. It was a very posh restaurant. Okay. Um, they, Camilla had a glass of red wine. It was in the day. No judgment <laughs> here. Still in the day. <laughs> <laughs> red wine in the day. Yeah, that's all right. I know. I do, as I said, no judgment. That's that's what she wants to do. Yeah. And but apparently, fellow diners. You can tell I got this from a tabloid. This story. Yeah. Mm. Fellow diners overheard snippets of their conversation. I bet they did. Yeah. Imagine everyone. So trumpets were mentioned at one point. Trumpet. Yes. <laughs> trumpets were mentioned at one point. Yes. They said, "We can't yeah. have trumpets. The ceiling is too high." That's what someone was heard saying. <laughs> okay. Carry and on. then one of the best things was Camilla was heard to say. Can I give you a piece of advice? But rather tantalisingly, we never heard the end of that sentence, uh, Frank. Oh. So we don't know what the advice was. There was a moment between Emily and I when I was... Um, How I dare w- you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why bring that up now? 
<laughs> it was that day she had the black bra white top. I remember it. I was poor. I didn't know where to look. No, I know I was fiddling with um, a bra. Oh. <laughs> God, did, did you get a big? You got a big hello that boy <laughs> <laughs> when he came to this table. I was fiddling with a blind and sort of rattling it around, and um, yeah. I did it for a while. No, you were playing drums with a biro, and we were about to go on air. Yeah, sorry about you. I did it for a while, and um, Emily said, "Let me give you a piece of advice." <laughs> <laughs> And you didn't need to say anything else, so I stopped no. doing what I was doing. And it was probably that. Like, Kate was probably playing with the cutlery or something. And um, What do you think she that. said, though? Maybe she said, let me give you a piece of advice. Oh, sorry, did I say advice? I meant bread. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's as simple as that. We had a text in from Rob. Maybe they were eating... <laughs> Maybe they were eating jerk chicken, and she said, let me give you peas and rice. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. So, look, I'm I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be, like, you know, the cynical comedian type about the royal wedding. I was working when the royal wedding was on. I got home, my girlfriend had taped the ceremony... And then we had a row about the fact that she hadn't taped the balcony kiss. That's how I am about the royal wedding. That's the best bit. Yeah, I had had a car waiting for me. I had to wait till uh, four o'clock news on Sky and see the balcony kiss before I I went. Well, you've got to see the kiss. Oh, God, both. Both Mm. kisses. The first one, I felt it was one of those slightly dry lip kisses. And they said, let's do that again. I was a bit dry lipped. They did. Well, Andrew Neil complained about it. He said exactly that. He said, that wasn't long enough. They'll have to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Horrible old uncle. Oh, the idea of Andrew Neil as that. I'm going to go over to Andrew Neil, our kissing expert. <laughs> Horrible thought. All right, well, so I mean, you loved it, Frank? Yes, I, I've watched. I missed. I didn't see it live, but I've seen all the highlights. And I, oh, man, there's so much, so much to talk about. I loved it. What were your highlights? Well, first of all, I think she's a complete babe, Kate. Mm. Can I say that? And I, lo- I mean, she's a strong, independent, modern 21st century woman. I mean, look at that thing when he turned up when she was doing that, when she was uh, coxing the rowing team for the charity rowing race, and he turned up after the split, and she jumped mm. out the boat and swam right across. That didn't the- really <laughs> happen, <laughs> Frank. It happened in uh, William and Kate, the movie, and I'm checking that, I'm seeing that as a kind of a documentary. <laughs> That's one of the best Sunday afternoons I've ever spent. I was completely not bothered about the Royal Wedding. I watched William and Kate the movie and I thought, no, these are my people. (laughs) I know these people now. They're in my life. You can't swim in rivers like that. You'd get Viles disease. All the rats urine. Oh, thanks for bringing us all down on a day like today. <laughs> yeah, this Miles is disease. We're talking fairy tale wedding here, not rat urine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was so much. I even got tense about the ring not quite going on. Oh, that um, was a tense moment. Even mm. though I was watching a recording of it, and I knew if the ring hadn't gone, obviously there would have been just martial music on all, yeah. the, on all the channels. It would have been like when the Queen Mother died if the ring hadn't gone on. <laughs> that was almost as tense as what will Gary Goldsmith be wearing. Ah, Gary Goldsmith. Who's Gary Goldsmith? He's the he's the black sheep. I don't even. Did you watch the Royal Wedding? Yes, I did. I didn't see Gary Goldsmith. They weren't wearing name badges. (laughs) They should have been. That would have been. Am I right? Am I right in saying that uh, Prince William had the wrong hat on for that uniform? Well, he had a sort of. He, he had a sort of Doherty black... back in the day. <laughs> yeah, red he had a military red, jacket. Everything was like red. And, yeah, exactly. And then he had like a black... It was like he'd maybe stopped off for a cup of tea at London Zoo. <laughs> One of the keepers had come in for a cup of tea, put his hat down on the same table. I imagine at about midday at London Zoo, someone, someone was saying, Bill, how come you're wearing the red hat? And he said, what? Oh, blimey. How has that occurred? <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, David Beckham made a protocol mistake as well because he put his OBE on the wrong lapel, didn't he? Oh, did he? Uh, come on, we've all done it. <laughs> I didn't mind though because oh my god, how good looking Frank! I felt sick. He was so good. He looks CGI now. He's so good looking, and it's Bex. Yes, I felt like, even when you said the name, I felt like I was all overcome. I've gone off Beck since he's become some mindless poppet for. The, the FA. You've gone off him since he got so good looking. Jealous much? Well, it's always, uh, it's always been. No, a... he's got more ridiculous. I liked him when he sort of did stuff like, you know, played proper football. That's what I like. No, I don't care. And about also, that. Prince William, he had Spurs on in Westminster Abbey. Spurs. Yes, I noticed Spurs. that. Harry had them as well. Are we still talking football? He had Spurs on. He yeah. had, really? You know, proper spinning sp- I imagine. I imagine him at the party, a bit drunk, <laughs> half eleven at night, slicing <laughs> pizza with his heels. Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. So, um, Posh and Bex are having another baby. Mm. Oh, God, have you just heard? You <laughs> <laughs> got a text. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought what I liked about... Um, she said in the paper a while ago that they're having another baby and she said that chances of having a girl, she thought at this stage, chances of having a girl were slim. And I thought, wow, even her chances are slim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the girl, language. the girl will certainly be slim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, but it's good news, obviously. Yeah, lovely yeah. news. And um, is it Romeo Beckham? Was just, yeah. Um, he was just voted um, 26th best-dressed man in the GQ. Man? Yeah. Oh. He's very stylish, though. Is he? Mm, he's got a strong kind of signature look. What is his what signature is... look? He wears. He often wears a waistcoat, which I like. <laughs> what, just a waistcoat? Like no. Top Cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he? He wears a waistcoat. Yeah. Oh, that is... Oh, I hate that. That's child at wedding, isn't it? <laughs> you know, the brocade waistcoat on the child thinking, oh, we've dressed him up for that. Oh, they just look like... Look, when people put... When the Victorians used to put dogs in suits... I Looks ha- like that. I did see some celebrity's child in Hello Magazine once with a baby grow tuxedo, which was quite gross as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he was sort of... I a- watched that Essex, what's it called? Oh, The Only Way is Essex. The Only Way is Essex, and they've got a, a baby girl, and mm. on her baby grow it said, future footballer's wife. Did it say that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love it when people just become parodies <laughs> of themselves. <laughs> Yeah, so um, he wears a waistcoat, a black skinny jean. Mm. Um, he's, he sometimes rocks a scarf as well, and he's got great hair. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think kids should be... I wore short trousers till I was 11. <laughs> right. And, well, actually, come to think of it, mainly as a kid, I wore a cowboy outfit for, I'd say, <laughs> the first six or seven <laughs> years of my life. I mean, you know, I... I, I didn't couldn't... know you were quite that old. I yeah, I come back to the <laughs> yeah. old yeah, yeah. Midlands. I was in Arizona in the eighteen sixties. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We used to see what we used to see Wild Bill on his way to work in the morning. Did you genuinely? Clockwork. Did you genuinely think? Would you just put that on as a, as your clothes? Yeah, every day? that was my clothes. <laughs> Didn't an adult stop you? No, I think it was just accepted then. You know, I didn't have that many clothes. It would stop me wearing out the other things. So I had a cowboy outfit until I was like. <laughs> Nine, and then uh, as I've mentioned on the show before, my mum made me a Batman outfit. So oh, I, don't! I can't bear the poignancy of that. With the is that the Wellies one? Yes. Yeah, oh, right. we had Wellies. So I essentially, jeans. yeah, swimming trunks over jeans. <laughs> oh, I can't bear it. And a grey jumper. With the, <laughs> but I, I essentially wore fancy dress until I was eleven. <laughs> 
So, Romeo Becker with his skinny jeans. Mm. And, oh, yeah, he's got skinny jeans, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question what's the big story of the week. Peter the Wild. <laughs> Peter the Wild, um, you probably know more about this than I do. He, he was I'm owned. Quite by, he was owned. By him. I said it. I went straight. He was owned by George the mm. First. He was. Um, have you got? We got. We got the story. Have you got the story there. Yeah. Again? Yes. What? What? Who was Peter the Wild? Briefly. <laughs> Peter the Wild was a um, a child that they found in the woods. In Sam, in, um, he in was Hamlet. a child savage. Yes, he was a child. Oh, I love a child savage. They found him. I mean, they're still—they recur in the news, but they're—they're they're, they're thin on the ground. The yeah. child. And nowadays they're always in they do a lot of running. Yeah. But this guy he was in a forest. He mm. was like—I oh, imagine he, he looked like one of the Sylvanian families <laughs> figures. Yeah, he had a big head of hair. He looked, they've got a picture of him because they have found a painting of him, mm. and he looks a little bit like James Harries. Oh, James Harris, the, yeah. um, the 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 boy who who um, did the uh, antiques thing. Oh, the yeah. Whole, the my my story. old my adversary <laughs> of old, my, my <laughs> former <laughs> nemesis. <laughs> yeah, because I was so. on a Terry Wogan show, and we had I had a diff- He was only about um, ten, I think. Yeah. James Harris, but he was dis- haughty in the extreme. Very haughty. He, w- he had a little Lord Fauntleroy element to he him. He was almost hoity, wasn't he? Yeah, all he needed was the blue velvet cat suit. Mm. I know it collects the bits, but um, it, it does lovely things with the light. Well, Peter the Wild looks like, a bit like him and a bit like an ex-boyfriend of mine, who you both know. Yes. Okay. We can't possibly no, we name. we can't say. So. quite a well-known celebrity. I will... Yeah. I'm not going to okay. name. I'm not going to give any hints. Lou Reed? No, he wasn't an ex-boyfriend of mine. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, no, he looks a bit... But so it's, it was, it's, in a way, it's a terrible phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Charles Savage, or the pet. <laughs> no, the, the, fact that, the, the fact that he was... Um, I'm just reading there. He was known for his refreshing lack of ceremony. Peter does that, the does that mean he went to the bathroom on the dining table? I think it's that kind of thing. But I love the idea. Um, but make a great catchphrase, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, come on. I know what you're thinking. You're all commenting on my refreshing lack of ceremony. I can, I can imagine well, it. Well, Frankie wouldn't have said that because he couldn't speak very much. He could say Peter and he could say George, mm-hmm. but they put That'd a little it, leather it? collar on him. Was he allowed to call King George the First George? Yes, he loved him. He was his pet. He absolutely loved him. The <laughs> leather collar, that's wrong. <laughs> he Isn't that a, wrong? He was very happy. He lived in an old age. He was very happy in oh, court. What, on a lead, he was happy. <laughs> oh, we, they didn't even have the extendables in those days. He was, you know, he was constantly under your feet. You know when they go under your feet, they, they the dogs <laughs> think, not yeah. that he was a... Yeah, but he got to become a celebrity. There was a figure of him in the local oh, waxworks. Okay, was there? Yeah. Something with the royal family. I don't know. If I was at Clarence House the other bit, because you may remember, with yeah. Prince Charles. And he was using uh, Linda Lusardi as a piano stool. <laughs> oh, he played quite beautifully, actually. Uh, but she was, ne- she was kneeling side on with, uh, with her, um, her legs at the base end of the keyboard. Yeah. And uh, he, he knelt on, he, he sat on her, and she, she just in her bra and pants. <laughs> and when he, when he played, um, he played the theme tune from Pop Black, you know. <laughs> but when he went to the big bass, doom, 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 he leaned across, and I could sense the pressure on the, uh, on the spinal cord. I could see that, 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 that she was trembling at the forearm. I thought, Linda, if Linda collapses, she'll be out, she'll be out of favour at the court. <laughs> Thank God she held on. I saw her later, still in the bra and pants. You could see the marks of a cavalry twill on her back where he, where he twisted as he played. There's something about the royals and the way they want to use people. I just don't get it. He seemed a nice bloke in every other respect. 
Still, Linda's glad of the work. <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, we've had an email in this week. Oh. Here's two of my recent food-related idiotic eureka moments. Now, I have to explain because um, we do have some, occasionally, new mm. listeners hang around. There's, a lot of them are still listening this far into the show. Um, and uh, an idiotic eureka moment, something we've had on the show for ages, it's when you suddenly realise, after ages, you suddenly get a joke or a pawn or some sort of... Mm-hmm. The example, like, the BT adverts, a woman mm. called BT used to advertise BT. It took me, took me over a year <laughs> to get that reference. I realised last year that The Good Life was a pun on Barbara and Tom Good's name. I didn't know that. In fact, I had one this week. How was it? There's a, there's a um, if you walk down Bloomsbury in, uh, in London, mm. you know London. Yeah. Um, I like the Samuel Pepys beginning. Yeah, there's a... Um, there's a uh, left-wing bookshop, and it's called Bookmarks. Mm. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, and it only just struck me for the first time <gasps> this week. Oh, Marks. Yes, but it's M A R K S. Oh, they're not worried about minor details like that. Yeah, but I, that's the first time, and I, I, it's the first time it's ever struck me that, that Bookmarks. Mm. You, you're with me, Alan. You're looking I am, confused. I am, but I just wonder why they didn't go with the X. What's... No, exactly. Well, the one that the, the left-wing um, garage down the road <laughs> is called Skid Marks with, with, <laughs> with an X. I got that immediately. I don't, uh, yeah, they, they slipped up there. And then, uh, and then the fascist bookshop um, is down the road, which is called Book Hitler, <laughs> which is not a clever pun, but I got it. <laughs> I got it immediately. <laughs> now, go on. Uh, so on. this... Um, oh, oh, then there's the... Uh, <laughs> the left-wing supplier oh, of a duvet cover sheets and pillowcases. Bed Lenin. <laughs> oh, that's good, Frank. Someone will open that shop. <laughs> 895, Russian walking and winter sports, Trotskys. <laughs> Trotskys? Yes. Trot, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, oh that's brilliant. a good one that's just arrived. Mm. Communist temping agency, Office Engels. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. I'm loving it like that. <laughs> um, can I continue with the email from Anon? Yes, please. Dear Frank, Emily, and Alan, here's two of my recent food-related idiotic, idiotic eureka moments. That's what we were explaining earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bit into an apple, saying to my friend, "This tastes like cider." <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and whilst eating my Sunday dinner, I was thinking I should put the slice of beef in some bread, as it tasted like a burger. I'm revising for my A levels at the moment. Bye. Don't bother. <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. Can Sounds I just say much. I love bye as well. Sounded quite dramatic, like the relationship was ending. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Sounds to me like his apple was on the turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he's getting cider whiff from it. Um, that's great that he thought he'd invented a burger by putting beef in the middle of bread. <laughs> what I'd be really impressed by now is if someone texts in and said, I was eating a pear last week, and I said to a friend, this tastes like perry. <laughs> <laughs> because um, perry is something that seems to have disappeared. No-one drinks perry anymore. And people call it pear cider now, don't they? Just, do they? Yeah. They don't call it perry. It's called, like, conversationally, people say, oh, I'll have that pear cider. I'll be, I'll be frank with you, this is the first conversation I've had about Perry in any of its manifestations <laughs> for about ten years. Mm. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, 
I'm enjoying it. <laughs> good. good. Yeah. Right. We call it commercial I, uh, person. I was feared that it might go, well, shall we say pear-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, 964 Cuban left-wing petroleum company, Castro Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. Oh, tres nominación. Mm. Uh, we should explain, actually. We can't, in this thing about cash, they're referring to our um, nominations as if everybody knows about them. But we are, we, we, we are excited about it. And it is the, normally the way with people who work in the entertainment industry to be very blasé yeah. about when you get, you know, say, oh, it's not what it's about, it's not about awards, which is exactly what I would have been saying if I'd received no nominations, mm. of course. <laughs> but I'm going to let you into a terrible, terrible secret, is I listened to the nominations being announced <laughs> live on the internet. Did you? And I sat, because I didn't know how many I was up for, I sat with a biro and a sheet of A4. <laughs> <laughs> so I could uh, write them oh, down. Right. How tragic, how terribly tragic. That is tragic. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up my tragedy, okay. right? I'm going to up my tragedy. <laughs> wow, the how are you going to do that? The next day I looked at the Chortle website, which is the big comedy website in this mm. country. Very good, very informative. Mm. Um, and uh, it said, you know, um, it, a clever pawn, it said Frank Skinner, head of the herd... H-E-A-R-D oh. very clever and it's said Frank Skinner received two nominations for Sony <gasps> and I got my manager to phone them up <laughs> to correct it <laughs> have I oh. become this monster <laughs> no you've always been the monster oh yeah I have yeah. I'm just, uh, I've just got more open about yeah. it yeah yeah. Oh, Frank. Well, no, I think it shows you in a good light that you confess. Well, also, I think, you know, it is exciting, and why not get excited mm. about it? I mean, well, it's nomination. I'm going to see Tony Hadley uh, again. That's a bonus. Yeah, well, there you go. Who knows whose table? Not, Ronnie Wood is nominated, my absolute fellow. Abs he, apparently, he won't have a table. Really? Because wow. he's the crow man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crow man. He's in, he wants to be um, seated atop a, a, top a gibbet. In the corner of the room, in sinister lighting, that's what he's uh, said. Did you read the... A gibbet. Ronnie Wood, Frank, said, um, I'm really excited about it, and I've set all my alarms to make sure I get there. It's 8pm! <laughs> I know, but I imagine he uh, he sleeps by day, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, Ronnie. you're right, you're right. I've never really heard... I've only heard the trailers for Ronnie Wood's show. Please. Vote for Ronnie Wood, by the way. You can vote for him. He's, he's up for the rising star. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to help out. He's still rising. Could you believe that? <laughs> I'd have thought he'd got into black hole territory. Oh, <laughs> well, man! Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's. I, I only yeah, there was that trailer. Remember that trailer we used to play when he says, "Yeah, I met uh, I met Jimi Hendrix on the stairs and yeah. I died." And I said, "You know, look after yourself." That was a <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of that's the effect Ronnie's <laughs> advice. Uh, but he must be out of his Jimi Hendrix anecdotes. That was a year ago. Surely. Oh, no, no, it's sort of... Uh, you can make them up, though, you know. No, but no, it'll be, yeah, I met um, Tanita Tickerham in, uh, <laughs> in Clinton Cards, and she was saying, oh, Ronnie's, Ronnie's a bit low on the anecdotes. Put a song on. Um, we had a text last week from Julie who gave a very good celebrity anecdote. Oh, yeah, what was that one? Um, she said, I bumped into Bolly, Bonnie Tyler in town. She was trying to find somewhere for a coffee. I suggested Starbucks or Costa, but she was holding on for a Nero. <laughs> With Frank Skinner. So, Frank, um, I'd like to go nativity here on you. Oh? 
Um, this is there's some rather surprising news out this week. Obviously, it's the the time, the season for nativity plays. It certainly is. Um, for those who remember to have children, <laughs> and um, <laughs> apparently <laughs> Joseph and Mary, which you would say traditionally are always the most coveted role, yeah. one would assume, yes. in the goodies. Oh God, yeah. The leads. But in hindsight, they did a survey, and most people would actually rather play. It said the in. It referred to him as the evil innkeeper. Why is he evil? Uh, or Herod? It's not evil. He's not just a very good hotelier because. <laughs> Found additional accommodation. He doesn't have any spare rooms. <laughs> yeah, but he exactly. makes an effort for them. Like all hoteliers, he he's, he's, he's a slave to availability. <laughs> they didn't book in advance. They turn up. He can't create a room out of nothing. One of the busiest nights of the year, and we want a room because she's pregnant. You well, get these and. people at reception. I hear people saying, "Well, you yeah. must have at least one room." Well, no. no, we've got a finite number of rooms. The idea that I would say I don't have any rooms if I've yeah. got at least one room somewhere. We're not. We're not Jesus. And she went, "Oh, oh well, well, they weren't Jesus." Well, she was sort of particularly Jesus. during a national census mm. time. We know how busy hotels are <laughs> around it's that time. It's like booking a hotel in the Olympics on the day of the opening ceremony. Yeah, have you got a room? No, Do you the think evil innkeeper. It's absolutely crammed. It's the birth of Jesus this week. <laughs> <laughs> They've come from all over. There's three blokes turned up here earlier trying to get a room. They were prepared to share. Funny aftershave they're wearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought, mmm. <laughs> no, I, um... They, they described him in the in the Telegraph, the innkeeper, as a, as a dark one of the darker good time characters. What? Where was it? Good time. It was working on Christmas night. He's just answering the door and saying, "I've got no room left yeah. because it's full to capacity." It's fire regulations. But there's nothing good time about somebody working no. all through the all through the holidays. It's got a business. You gave him a bit of old straw. I've slept on worse. I tell you. Yeah, well. <laughs> I um. I Did you had, do, were you in the nativity play, Frank? Can I say I had one of my most traumatic experiences of my entire life in a nativity play? Oh no! I was head shepherd, oh. and uh, not Ed Shepherd, no. who sounds like somebody who reads the local news. <laughs> I was news reporter Ed Shepherd <laughs> yeah. reporting on the birth of Christ. <laughs> no, I was head shepherd, and um, Miss Knight, the uh, headmistress said, right, gather around the baby Jesus. Well, I was the head shepherd, so they were mm. following me. Well, the baby Jesus hadn't been placed in, in the manger at that point. He was in a crisp box at the oh. back of the stage. So I went and knelt at the crisp box, <laughs> and my other shepherds <laughs> knelt with me. <laughs> she went absolutely <laughs> ballistic. I mean, she went crazy. It was, a, it was a simple mistake. I was following orders. I've heard that before. Literal, yeah. literal child. Yeah, but there was the baby Jesus, you know. And, was um, it a doll? It was a doll, yeah. Mm. It wasn't the real baby. There were sometimes put... it was just sw swaddled. No, no, this, this was a doll with, with a hint of cheese and onion. But anyway, <laughs> I, she came on stage and she grabbed me by my ankle and then raised her she hand really up and I swung upside down. And this is a bit of a um, difficult thing to um, explain. Well, I was tiny. I was only like five. And I swung round and my hand went right up her skirt. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. I felt strange <laughs> tremors go through me as if I'd... Met, like I imagine when, um, when they opened Tutankhamun's tomb. And um, the smell of the ancients rose up. But I um, I really felt like I'd done something bad. Because at that age, I wasn't well, quite sure had. what it was. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was a victim of gravity. 
Absolute Radio. I've got the clock set up. That's, oh, the, that's the big news of the week. Of the John Wayne alarm clock. Well, cuckoo clock. Cuckoo clock. So we I'm bought. Not aware clock. of any alarm facility. On we should explain, Frank. Because we should explain, shouldn't we? Sorry, Just a bit of back back reffing here. Well, you're going to you're going to give the backstory yeah. on the John yes. Wayne cuckoo it's clock. It's not a lengthy backstory. All I'm saying well, is, we <laughs> <laughs> you say that. <laughs> Go on. No, I'll just tell some of our listeners who may not know, we bought, we being the team, bought Frank a John Wayne cuckoo clock for his birthday. Mm. There you go. It was something I'd seen in one of those magazines that you yes. get in the free tabloids at the weekend. Mm. We've all looked at them, you know, like well, with a cat on yeah. and stuff Crying like that. Crying baby Amy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, have the option to pay in instalments. Yeah. yeah. Over time. If all that. Did you, did, by the way, did you pay cash or did you pay in instalments? Well, why do you think it was clock? a bit late? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it was a bit of a... You yeah. were the first ever cash buy <laughs> for one of those things. I spoke to our Nora this week. It's her birthday. Mm-hmm. 70 this week. Would you believe it? God bless wow. her. And she said to me, uh, I said, uh, we were talking and suddenly in the background... <laughs> <laughs> and she said, uh, what was that? <laughs> I said that was the John Wayne cuckoo clock. She said, oh, our Amanda said she wanted one of those. No. Yeah? You actually know someone who wants one of those. Exactly. (laughs) They were on the verge of purchase. I said it's a bit plastic here, I'll be honest with you, but I love it. Who's our Amanda? Mm. Is she she friends with our Trish or pretend sister? No, no, she exists. Our Amanda is my niece. Oh, okay. I finally found my niece. Oh, good. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so anyway, the, 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 it's it's a beautiful thing. The uh, the John Wayne alarm clock. One one of the first things I noticed that really excited me is I set it up and I was waiting for the hour. Oh. Because it only goes on the hour. He doesn't. It's not a quarter horse. Yeah. And uh, I sat there and it went. <laughs> I thought, oh no, that's not. I don't like. <laughs> That can't be right. I thought, you know, I had a look. I thought maybe a bit of polystyrene left in the throat. <laughs> or Daisy's gone down the market to get it. That's what's happened. <laughs> Rubbish. So anyway, then I spotted a volume on it. Oh. So oh. I, I cranked it up right. the next time it went, oh, my God. I mean, it was like I felt like that suffragette that ran in front of the king's <laughs> hall. <laughs> it was like, absolutely ch- changed the whole thing. Wow. So what happens is, before it goes, you hear... Oh, like these chains. it's all got a bit and then, then, then the thing goes. John Wayne, oh. he stands at the bottom, he lights up behind There's him. a little John Wayne figurine. Yeah, he it? doesn't come out, though. Well, well that's not what I've heard. Well, not, not on my clock. <laughs> he, um, it li- he lights up, so he's silhouetted in a, in a, in a saloon. Oh, I love that he's silhouetted. That's yeah, so but, romantic. But it's the saloon itself is, you know, it's sort of, it's strangely dark. It's, it's almost like John Wayne owned a saloon. Everyone had left, mm. and he's just clearing up at the end of the yeah. night on his own. Having a night And suddenly the horse turns up. It's like he's heard the horse and he's 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 come out to see what spooked him. Anyway, <laughs> and then the does the horse go into the saloon? Then it's like my big fat no. gypsy wedding. It has, <laughs> <laughs> it has a separate it has a separate okay, door, okay. but it looks like it also looks like a saloon door. Okay, it, it looks like it might be coming into the living quarters after a night out. Mm. But Frank, has it been a welcome addition to your life? The oh, it's been brilliant. Do you I, like I, it? I I love it. I get. It always, you know, I'm still surprised by it. That's what I like. It's still, when, when it happens, I'd kind of forgotten it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner. Now. 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 There's, there's been an email. Oh, it's going to be... Now, now. Now, now, now. 
yeah. um, an email um, from James Oakes which says, hello, Frank. Uh, the delightful Emily, obviously, is not here at the moment, and the cockerel. Um, inspired by Frank's oft-mentioned comment that Winton's Wonderland was only commissioned for the title and the cockerel bringing up desperate scouse wives two mm. weeks ago. Can I, can I point out before we go on that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't after Dale Winton in a, in a savage way here. I just <laughs> said that some TV shows only get made because they've got a, a pawn in the title. Yeah. That, that is my belief. Yeah. good mm-hmm. title. Commission. Yeah, exactly. So some of my yeah. work, w- uh, w- some Sounded of my a work bit- week, bitterness. I <laughs> thought, <then>, my <laughs> Laura Solo. <laughs> some of his work week was re- reallocated to the creation of the following TV show ideas. Okay, so James has come up with. Yeah, for you, well, oh. and for all of your team, Saints and Skinner. Frank tells the stories behind some of his favourite saints, or <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Some of his favourite saints. Next one, Skinner's Thinners. Frank meets slimming champions and learns some of their tricks of the trade. Or it's a 1940s themed sitcom with Frank as a lovable roguish door to door solvent salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Both could be made. Easily. Forest of Dean, a documentary charting the trials and tribulations as Emily becomes the new chairperson of Nottingham Forest FC. Now that would work because I've always thought Emily is is a bit like Karen Brady. She has that look about her. (laughs) All right, well, I I didn't know if that was a reference to her looking a bit like Nigel Clough as well. Oh, yeah, of course. That's been pointed out. Yeah, <laughs> mainly by her. Yes, indeed. And then, and then the last one is The Cockerel Crows, a morning TV show with Alan as the main host, or a sitcom based on Alan's attempts to keep afloat a struggling pet shop yeah. specialising in corvids. Lovely use of the word corvid. Corvids, yeah. I am enjoying that, yes, truly. Many points allocated for the use of I've corvids. Got, I've got one for you, Frank. Go on. Skinner his teeth. Frank tries to avoid custodial sentences oh, for right. minor criminal offences. <laughs> yeah. And he gets away with things by the skin of his teeth. I, I thought it was going to be some terrible thing about my horrible yellow teeth. I've got one, I've got one here for, um, for you. And it's, uh, it's a documentary about your life, Laura. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's one of the... It's, 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 Is it quite short? It's presented by David Soul. And it's called Soul on Soul on. That's that's done. I think that's yeah. I think I think that'd be that'd be great. I thought of a good one for you as well, called Solon Farewell, where a suicidal Laura Solon (laughs) goes around saying goodbye to everyone in her life. (laughs) Not much of a second series potential. (laughs) No, well, the end of the first series is a one-way flight to Switzerland. That's it. It's done. And one for me was uh, maybe me investigating metals called aluminium. (laughs) What do you think of that? That's absolutely sensational. One for Emily. Could be Dean and not heard, where she either works as a mime artist or spends a week as a Victorian child. Well, uh, the idea of her not speaking might be <laughs> yeah, yeah. slightly surprised. I thought we could have uh, Alan Cochran de- um, investigates American politics, and he spends the whole thing, you know, in, in Washington talking to politicians and stuff. And it's called um, ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner.